Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have James with James Photography here with me, and we're going to get to know a little bit more about this photographer whom I've followed uh, for quite some time on Instagram. So thank you, James, for being on the podcast today. I appreciate you asking me. Thank you very much. So to fill some of the listeners in, because I've been following you for a while, I'm very familiar with your photography. And as photographers, we tend to look to others for inspiration. And I know that a lot of your photos have inspired me in some of my work. Um, can you tell me uh, just a little bit about yourself, just to bring some of the listeners up to, up to speed on who you are and what it is you do and how you came to do it? Sure. And I definitely appreciate your kind words. Thank you very much. Um, I am just a guy that loves photography, and uh, it, it started out as my obsession and slowly became my profession and still obsession. So um, <laughs> I, uh, I had a camera six or seven years ago and um, picked it up, and as they say, the rest is history. I just started studying the craft and studying uh, photography every day. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't keep up somehow, some way with um, a trend or a style or, or how to better myself as a photographer. Um, and not just put the camera in automatic mode. I, I understand manual mode. I, and I, I learned aperture and priority and you know, all the stuff you need to know to be a, a photographer. So that's, that's where uh, I came from. My day-to-day living, um, I'm not a photographer, I'm a handyman, but um, I try and photograph as much as I can and, and get out uh, whenever time allows me. Yeah, and it's definitely uh, uh, an amazing hobby. It's not my nine to five either, but uh, I definitely try to get out as much as possible to, to photograph and to, to just try to uh, progress with the skill. And you've mentioned yeah. um, knowing manual mode and aperture priority. Uh, how many, like, how long have you been uh, photographing? Like, I would say, because you mentioned getting your camera about six years ago, how long till you really just started taking it seriously and just owning the craft? And how long would you say it took you to get out of uh, automatic mode that even myself, I uh, started? Yeah, well, to, to tell you the truth, I mean, the, the only time I ever used automatic mode was with my first point and shoot. Um, oh, really? So when I... Yeah, when I picked up a DSLR, that's when I went to manual mode and, and I wanted to learn how to be a photographer and I wanted to understand what light did. And I, I still don't understand it all. You know, I, I'm yeah. still daily learning um, and honing my craft and I'm not nowhere as good as I, I want to be. So I, I would say shortly after I picked up my first point and shoot and just bought my DSLR. So I'd say a year in, I, you know, I wanted to learn. Yeah. And it, it takes about that time. I mean, that's pretty awesome that you dove in, uh, you know, feet first. Um, I know for myself, I started for a little bit in, in automatic mode and it wasn't until like I started watching YouTube videos and seeing other photographers talking about manual that I then started to realize when I would take my photos into an editing software, which at the time I was just using whatever basic software came with my computer. Um, mm -hmm all of the images, the exposure was all over the place. And it wasn't, it's like I had no control of my images. I was just relying on the camera to, to spit out what it thought I was trying to capture. 
sure. So what with that, what editing software do you use? Uh, primarily Lightroom and Photoshop. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much with everybody else. Um, yeah. And you know, and I, I dodge and burn a lot. I, I'd say that, you know, for any, anybody listening that's, that wants to learn how to edit images, um, dodging and burning should be your standard go-to to make your image what it what you saw in the the viewfinder when you mm-hmm. click the button you know uh, dodging and burning does a lot don't be a preset hound you know don't follow all the preset trends have your own style you know do your own thing and, and make the images yours and your models yeah definitely because a lot of people don't realize when going into uh, manual mode um, that the camera tends to shoot in a default sort of uh, picture profile so you have to bring those things back uh, when you sit in Lightroom or Photoshop you have to bring those colors and the vibrancy back and dodging and burning especially right? you have to bring back just the, the depth that was really there because in a two dimensional image uh, it takes that that kind of skill set uh, to bring the photo back to life yeah that's correct and you know Lightroom and um, Photoshop I've been using them for oh, four years, five years, pretty, pretty uh, regular daily almost. And mm-hmm. I still do not know how to use them to their full potential. There's still yeah. a lot more that, that could be learned. So, you know, hone your, your software skills also. Yeah, definitely. And so with a lot of your photo sessions, um, perusing through your Instagram here, um, a lot of modeling sessions, do you tend to have, uh, a large number of photos that you that you take and then you have to use Lightroom or do you I mean how does that workflow sort of go for you? Um, my workflow is always import to Lightroom just to bring back the depth. Um, you know, I try and I sh- I shoot underexposed most mm-hmm. of the time just so I can still get some shadows and highlights when I pull everything out through software. So everything's usually, you know, kind of dark um, until I bring it in and and make it what I saw that day. Yeah. And definitely shooting underexposed. I mean, again, I'm looking here at your photos and there's definitely no, no loss in the highlights. A lot of your, your models, they, they can wear very light clothing. Uh, One model in particular was wearing white and I know photographing outdoors when a model is wearing white, uh, you can tend to lose detail um, in that material or in that type of clothing very quickly too. Yeah. So I, I like to keep that detail and, and still keep it as sharp and as white as possible. Yeah, definitely. And one thing, uh, with your style, um, you are a, you also photograph boudoir and artistic nudity. How did you get into, to that genre? Well, I believe it started with one of my first models. Um, she was a local girl, and we just kind of, we were good friends first, and so we we just started, and she wanted to do a few riskier shots, and so we kind of went that direction. Um, and so me as a photographer, I don't approach women and ask them to do that kind of session. If they mm-hmm. approach me and say that's what they want to do, then that's the direction we go. If we're on location and it 
they want to do something a little riskier, then we go that direction. Yeah. I'm never, I'm never pushy. I'm never, um, unprofessional in my reactions or my, you don't Google a model, you know, when, when they're undressed, whether, you know, whether they're getting dressed or they're getting undressed. So I'm a professional. I'm also respectful to women. I love women. um, And so I want them to feel comfortable. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to, uh, to get into that. And, uh, you know, a lot of the best boudoir image, uh, photographers are women because women are obviously comfortable with other women. So, yeah, true. you know, that's, uh, you want to be a man and you want to be respectful if you're, if you're going to go that direction. Yes. And speaking from someone who, I mean, myself, I, I photograph primarily, uh, engagements, weddings, maternity, things like that. Um, even with that style of photography, I think just as you said, being respectful across the board, even more so um, when doing uh, artistic nudity or boudoir photos, because it is a very intimate setting. A lot of people aren't don't really realize uh, the intimacy that you're capturing and sort of the, the setting uh, that is sort of going on with the scene. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely a big deal, especially for male photographers, I feel, uh, to really be on their P's and Q's. And I like that term. Yeah, definitely. And, um, there's not one of my models that you could pick off my Instagram and talk to that hasn't been 1000% comfortable with me because I, I don't, I'm not disrespectful. I, I, I don't, you know, hoot and holler and act, you know, like an idiot. Mm -hmm. I just, we're, we're there to make art and, um, you know, that's what it is. And it's, it's the female form and it's gorgeous and, you know, uh, it makes them feel, um, attractive. So, you know, um, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned that, um, it was a close, uh, friend of yours who, uh, wanted to do this style of shoot. So I guess I kind of feel like, um, it's a chicken and an egg type situation with maybe men since I don't really know many, uh, men myself who would approach a woman and ask for that style of photo shoot. Uh, it seems like you're very organic with your artistic flow. So if it's, if it's brought up, that's a direction you're willing to take and, or that's a direction you're willing to go with the photo session. Um, what is your, what are your thoughts on say uh, a male photographer just being blunt and going out there and saying, Hey, these are the type of photos I'd like to take with you. Uh, especially if it's a, a a stranger or the first time you're working together, um, I'm not opposed to it at all. Um, if it's done professionally and in a manner that's that's not um, demeaning to to you know nude females um, or females in general, um, I know a couple of photographers that that's primarily you know a lot of what they do, mm-hmm. a lot of see through stuff, and and I know they approach models. And I've, I've seen their correspondence with a couple of models I know and very professional. And that's why they, they have these women that want to work with them because they are professional. Yeah. So I, I think it's a great thing. Um, but you know, then also with the, the, the times we live in, unfortunately you have to protect yourself. Yes. You have to make sure there's someone around that, that is with you in case something said, in case something is misconstrued, 
mm-hmm. make sure you have to have a model release. You know, there's there's all these things you need to do as a photographer nowadays, and it's very unfortunate, but things you need to do to protect yourself because of the world we live in. Oh, definitely. And just like, well, doctors in a doctor's office have to have a nurse present. I would imagine the same, but it's a good thing that you bring that up because there might be a lot of photographers out there who are just getting started that might not know these things. And, and so having someone present, be it, uh, on your side or should the model also have somebody or how does that work? Well, here's how I feel. Um, if the model wants to bring someone, I'm always 100% for it because it makes them more comfortable. Mm -hmm. If, if you ever talk to a model that said a photographer told her no one could come with you, you're just to come by yourself, then that's a red flag for you to stop. Yeah. So that's not a photographer that you want to work with. I at no point have ever, ever, never told a model they couldn't bring someone with them. Yeah, it's definitely about being safe. And I, I had um, actually recorded a podcast with uh, Kaylee, a model whom we've both worked with and whom I actually found you through. And so I started following your work when I saw your work with her and she was also saying the same things and just about protecting yourself. And as a model, uh, just providing some of the steps that she takes in ensuring that whoever she's working with is reputable and is respectable. Sure. And, and I advise anybody at any point to, talk to any of my models if if i'm talking to a new model or someone that's never modeled before um i i tell them here you know contact a few people on on my instagram and, and see what their experience was with me and that can give you an idea of what your experience is going to be with me also yeah definitely and so mentioning uh kaylee uh a model whom we've both both worked with um, yep. how are you on, um, discovery? Are you an active discoverer for new talent or, cause for me, uh, to just give a little brief explainer, uh, all of the models I've worked with or, um, collaborated with, uh, I've usually worked with them because I know they've worked with other photographers. So I, I guess I'm the type where I don't really approach someone who has an Instagram and, I haven't seen any of their work at all. I have spoken with photographers who uh, they'll approach someone that they see uh, at a restaurant who they f- they feel is just photogenic and they're very professional in their approach. Uh, but are you that type as well who seeks new talent? I am that guy. Yes. Um, I'm, oh, that's awesome. I, I don't want to, yeah, I don't ever want to be creepy or weird. So I approach them with a business card and say, Hey, if you're ever interested, you know, I think you have a great look and that's kind of where we go from there. So in saying that also, I would say that probably 98% of my models on my Instagram mm-hmm. had never modeled before. Really? Yeah. I just, uh, I've worked with a lot of beautiful girls that just never were in front of a camera and took to it amazingly um there's a couple that were actually introverts that didn't speak to people Mm -hmm. um and they were my most awesome shots they they were just fantastic because you know i like to have that kind of connection with my with whoever i'm working with yeah and to to say that that i mean that many people have have never been in front of a camera professionally before i I couldn't tell looking through your images. I mean, oh, the, 
the the images that you capture i believe a lot of it it's it's like a 50 50 trade-off uh the photographer has to see that look and be able to capture it but the model also has to deliver that and to say i mean a lot of them are are amateurs or beginners it's that you couldn't tell you couldn't tell looking at your photos oh thank you um there's a girl right that I photographed a, a couple of times. I think she is just incredible. Um, she, she has striped pants on my Instagram. Her name is Victoria. and She is phenomenal and never been in front of a camera before and just doesn't know she's beautiful. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm looking at that image now. Wow, that is a really great capture too. I mean, just the Thank look you. that she's giving into the camera. A lot of people, they can't, they'll try to force the face. Uh, so to speak, right. where it's like they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to emulate what they might see in a magazine or see on television. And it's really, it's a natural look that that has to come out. And that's the look that I want to pull out of these girls with, you know, with our conversation and with a little laughter, and with a little joking and, you know, um, just, just having a great time. Uh, so it's, it's it's cool, man. It uh, it it really. I think it's it's really something that helps me want to continue with photography um, and pursue it more. Is is all the interactions I have with people and all the amazing people that I meet. Yeah, and another thing about all the amazing people that you meet, I think I should throw it out there that you do organize a lot of uh, meetups. I, I see it all the time on your stories. I've I've yet to be able to have the time to actually go myself. Um but where where did this come from? When did this start for you? Um, you know, it, I mean it's pretty recent in the last year or so. I just I wanna collaborate with other photographers. Mm-hmm. Um I wanna sometimes it's hard to, to find um new models. You know, I'm I'm from a small town in the middle of California. Yeah. So it's uh it's a little rough. Um, so when you do a meetup, other models come out, other photographers, you get to see how other photographers work. Um, you guys get to hang out you get to geek out on camera stuff, you know? And <laughs> so that's, that's the fun part. Yeah, that's definitely really cool. And I like the fact that you're, you're definitely, um, one of the few pioneers in the, in the local area that are, um, organizing these types of events. Um, there's probably one other gal who or- orchestrates like a creative community type thing. Hers is more uh, art, dance, and just sort of all the creative uh, things. But the fact that you're bringing photographers and models together in an area where everyone can collaborate, can sort of swap ideas, compare gear with one another, and probably editing tips. Uh, it's a really, really awesome thing that you're doing. Thanks. I appreciate that. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, get it to catch on so hopefully we'll uh we'll keep it going yeah definitely so tell me what or how you go about picking uh the locations for your photo sessions um just in general is there a difference between the locations that you pick for uh, your artistic photos versus your uh, modeling photos because i would imagine modeling photos uh the world is your oyster however with artistic photos it, it might be a little bit more selective Sure, and um, my artistic stuff, it, you know, we kind of collaborate. If, if whoever the model is, we kind of talk about what look we're looking for, you know, where they they might want to do it. So that's kind of 
helps choose the location. And then as far as my regular model stuff, you know, we just kind of throw a, a dart up in the air and choose a location sometimes, or sometimes I had driven by a spot and I remember it and I think it would, you know, be a cool background. But sometimes it's just a tree in their front yard, you know, it, it could be whatever it is. And that's one thing that um, some model, well, not some, but that was one in particular, I'm not to bag or not to name any names or anything like that, that I've worked with, um, that I, I was of the, the train of thought that, you know, the world can only see what is captured within the image. Um, right. So nobody knows where you really are. And if there's an amazing tree that so happens to be outside of Walmart, then if I recommend that we meet there or, you know, we should shoot there because I think that this is a great spot. Um, have you ever had any models raise eyebrows like ah, that place? I mean, I can't I can't see it because a lot of times people don't see things the way a photographer sees things. Sure. And yes, I've had a few raise an eyebrow and I just tell them trust in the process. You know, it's uh, it's, it is very organic with me. I, I hop around like a bumblebee looking for a, a, a flower that's ripe, you know, <laughs> that's, that's just the way I work. And, um, you know, 98% of the time it, it comes out good. You know, there's, there's sometimes that I miss the mark and, you know, that's the way it goes in the creative process. But, um, uh, the models are 90% trusting. Um, there's a few that, that bat an eye, but then when they see their image, they're like, wow, I, I didn't know it looked like that. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing that I, I would hope that models that look through your Instagram um, would, I guess, kind of see uh, the way that I see it. Because when I look through your Instagram and I, I not only look at the models, but I, I look at the location and I think to myself, this man is photographing on another planet. Like, I don't know where these places are, but it just looks so unique and unlike other places. Um, and that's one thing that because I started out in uh, landscape photography, learning how to uh, go into manual, uh, finding uh -huh. a setting and not making it just seem like normal, like, oh, that's LA or, oh, that's, you know, Chicago. Right. And, and I appreciate that because, you know, I, sometimes I do feel like I'm on another planet because some of the locations that, that I choose are are just as random as I am. and you know, but I see something in it and, you know, I see that it looks different than, you know, something else. And and it could be a, a, a doorway that you pass every day mm -hmm. that I just think, you know, would be cool. And the model, you know, passes it 50 times a day and just never knew it existed because yeah. sometimes people don't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. They'll definitely be, they'll look at the entire scene rather than the details and that's one thing that um, I'm looking back at one of one of the photos that you had taken, and I'm I'll try to describe it to you. Um, okay. The caption says "Blue, not you," and is with Kaylee. And uh -huh. um, the color of her clothing, and the scene that you picked, and even the white balance that you were able to to capture. Because I know that when you're shooting outdoors, sometimes that white doesn't really hit. And it'll look blue in the camera, but right. it really works with this photo because she to describe to the listeners, she's wearing what looks like a teal color pants or teal color jeans. And then the, the surrounding image is also a teal. However, 
her sweater or cardigan as well as her is orange very complementary colors teal and orange so she just pops out of the image yeah and i'm actually looking at that one and that was at northridge mall in salinas wow and um, so is this like a parking structure no, it's a mall. It's a, oh, okay. a big, long mall, and this is a, this was just a wall where they're gonna build a a new shop of some sort, and it was it was just there. We just picked up a camera, met after work, and went out to the mall, and we're like, let's just go play at the mall. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. to be able to to be able to capture an image like that just out in the open, do you think that that's something that is learned over time, or do you feel like Photographers tend to just have that kind of eye. Um, you know, if you're a true photographer, I feel you, you pretty much have that. I mean, you know, if if you're a guy with a camera, um, you know, just running around trying to take pictures of women, then obviously you're you're not going to have that kind of image. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think most photographers would have that eye, just like you're a photographer and, and you appreciate that part of it, you know. Yeah, definitely. And so we talked scouting locations and we talked meeting with models. Yep. And we talked learning your camera gear. What more would you say to say and someone new starting out in this genre um who's learned and ready to get out there and ready to start photographing people? Um the only thing I can say is, you know, have a great personality, smile, um, talk to people complimentary, and, and don't be afraid to ask somebody to take their picture. And, you know, that's that's basically what you're doing. Um, ask them to make a picture for them, you know, take their picture. I, you know, I, lightning in a bottle, I don't know if you know what that is. It's a it's kind of a Burning Man thing. Um, I've heard the, I've heard the term. And I've had a few people yeah. who've gone to Burning Man who use that term. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's a, it's a huge EDM show and there's, you know, people dressed all kinds of ways. And so I, I run around there with my camera and I ask people if I can take their picture. Whereas there's a lot of people that just have a camera and just run around taking pictures. But I want people to be aware that, that I'm, capturing their image um yeah. and I, I want them to appreciate that i'm capturing their image so same thing you know with with going out there and and asking people don't be afraid to ask people just do it in a respectful and tasteful manner yeah definitely and so yeah. then when it comes to the imagery how do you then uh, provide images to your clients or your customers or people you're collaborating with i know for myself if it's uh like a one-hour session something quick um, Google Drive is more than uh, equitable. I hope that's the right word. <laughs> I'm leaving yeah. it in. But uh, I feel like it's more than enough uh, for images to, to send to, to somebody that I've worked with. However, weddings, it's it's clearly got to be a USB or something larger. Sure. And um, I used to use Dropbox quite a bit uh, before I purchased my own website. with, um, And so all my all my client pictures are on my website now with a, um, so I just send them a downloadable link. It's a secure link with a password. So, you know, but that's a, that's an expense that, you know, needs to be factored into doing business um, as a photographer. So, you know, if, if you want to start charging people, 
uh, you you have to be prepared to spend money on equipment because let's face it, equipment's not cheap. Um, you have to have enough batteries and have enough memory cards. And so, you know, if you're going to continue it, you know, purchase a website and, uh, you know, pay that, that monthly expense, that utility expense and, and deliver your clients a, a professional uh, link. And that's kind of, and I just did that the last couple of years, you know, it's not like I've always done that. Um, so like I said, Dropbox was my preferred, but since then it's now my, my own website. Yeah. And same for myself. Um, I started like a lot of other, uh, amateur photographers would where my social media, I posted all of my images to what well, was actually my personal Instagram, uh, before actually making a photography Instagram, uh, where all of my, uh, more professional work would go. Uh, and then eventually I, I took the plunge and not a plug, but I, uh, went and signed up with Squarespace for a, a website and a, and a domain name. And for me, that's helped out substantially when approaching models to be able to not only if I, if I can't see them in person and I can't really hand them a business card, um, a website is sort of like a, a digital business card that I can hand to somebody to show them that I'm not a guy with a camera who's just taking pictures. Uh, cause a lot of times, um, a potential model or even a female in general, they get, uh, they get, uh, more than enough DMS. I'll leave it at that. And they don't need to really look further into who sent them a message to them. It could just be a random guy. They're not really going to click on the link and see my Instagram. So when I send a link to a website, it's a little bit more professional. Um, I was curious as to, uh, when you think that transition should come uh, for somebody who's who's looking to start out and uh, maybe take it to the next level? Well, I think uh, that kind of depends on on what you want to do with it personally. I mean, do you, do you want it to become a, a full time profession? Do you want it to be um, you know a hobby slash profession like mine? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, do you? Uh, how do I, how do I want to put it? Do you want to, um, do you want to look professional? Cause if you want to look professional, like you said, you, you have to give off some, some valid form of professionalism. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, a guy with an Instagram and a camera, it, you know, there's a lot of iPhone photographers out there. They gorgeous pictures. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but they're not photographers. So, you know, I think the transition should come uh, when you're comfortable with your images and you think that you can start charging money for them. If you think you can charge money for your images, and I mean, realistically, not because you think it in your head or because your mother told you you could. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when you think you can charge money for pictures, then you could call yourself a professional and then you can transition to uh a web page and, and start approaching it in a different manner. So, you know, I'd say bare minimum, you know, three to five years. Yeah. You definitely need to build the experience and, and to build the clientele as well as your portfolio and just all of the, um, all of the things that come with, uh, essentially starting a business, um, right. where you are the product and the provider of, of the images. That's correct. And so for you, um, what is photography for you? Is it something that you see transitioning to, to a full-time thing or 
Is it a passionate hobby that you have? Because for myself, um, I love my day job. I don't foresee leaving that anytime soon. I don't think my wife would let me leave that anytime soon. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, it's definitely a passionate hobby of mine. Um, not to get too into details uh, for any of the listeners out there, but I do work uh, like a blue collar job. And so I don't get to work with the public very often. Um, starting out, though, before I, you know, went on to get my college education and certifications and in, in what I do now, um, I worked with the public in customer service type jobs, uh, you know, drugstores, grocery stores, clothing stores, it, you name it. And so working with the public and talking with people and that's something that I really enjoyed. However, uh, when doing like blue collar work, you tend to just work with the same uh, group of people and not necessarily with, you don't necessarily meet strangers often. Very true. Yeah. Um, so for me, photography is, is and always will be uh, my passion. Um, and it will always be my professional hobby. If I could do it full time and I was in an area that afforded me that, uh, not the middle of the woods, <laughs> then I, I think I probably would, pursue it more full-time but um i do love my day job also um, and uh i'm probably going to keep that so for me you know i I am a professional photographer i'm just not a full-time working professional photographer yeah and that's something that uh to sort of clear things up uh i think that uh in recent years um you've been photographing i want to say a little bit longer than myself but at least what i've noticed in terms of the trend is that the lines between amateur and professional have definitely been blurred quite a bit. Um, I think that there's definitely a middle where there is a person who does this part-time. However, I think that sometimes when I'm uh, booking weddings and people hear I'm an amateur photographer, what, what I'm really saying to people is, well, I do this part-time. Like, it's not my... I, I look at someone who's a professional photographer. This is their full-time gig. They this is their only job. Right. And to speak on that, I, I think you're definitely a professional and I think you can be a professional without being a full-time working photographer. Um, professional meaning you give someone a product that they pay money for. That's the, that's the defining line for a professional. So if people are happy paying money for your vision and your work, then you are definitely a professional. That's that's not an amateur anymore. Mm, yeah, well, I guess I can see that then. That when someone's paying for your work, then you're paying for a professional's, a professional's work rather than if they're doing it full-time or part-time. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of it that way. Yeah. Oh, I hope that, hope that makes you understand that you're a professional also. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm a part of the club. <laughs> there you go. You're in. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I want to thank you again, James, for coming on to my podcast and speaking with me today. I, I feel that you're definitely uh, a very inspirational photographer. I'm glad that I found uh, I found you through a mutual model, and I I just continue to learn and be inspired by your work. I'll provide links below uh, for people to to see your work on your Instagram. And again, thank you. Hey, I definitely appreciate you, and uh, let's uh, keep shooting. <laughs> All right. Take care, you guys. Thanks.